Thanks for listening to this OCRFM podcast. Head to ocrfm.org.au to find more great content and information about how to donate and support this community radio station. Lollipop, lollipop, Good afternoon, delight, and welcome back to the show that brings you sugar spice and everything nice, especially us. How's it going, team? We're all back in action, ready for spring. I've spent two days in the garden. It's oh. been awesome. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Oh, Everything's yeah, happening. happy Father's Day. Everyone. Everything's happening all at once. We're, we're back with a vengeance. Uh, we've, we've come down from our sugar high. <laughs> It's taken a fortnight. I hope everyone's enjoyed the football in the meantime. No, it's been a bit of a relaxing, what do I do with my weekend time? Did we uh, get up to exciting things in the last two weeks? Uh, surely there's been shenanigans from someone here. I've been camping the last two weeks. I've, <laughs> I've lived it up. I've been camping for As well? two days. Camping for two days? Yes. Easy done. Holly, how, how have you spent the last fortnight? Uh, we, we can say that now. It's been four, 14 days, fortnight. Oh. Well, there was Battle of the Bands. Yes. Yeah. Many fun and exciting things. Yes. Did you hear the, the repeat yesterday morning on OCRFM? I heard some of it. I was out and about. In the garden. In the garden. Springing was, it up. Well, I was washing the car. Oh, So okay. having the car radio on while I was washing it. There you go. Well, uh, to kick the show off for spring and uh, welcome our return to the airwaves, we got a very special guest we're going to be chatting to on the show today. Now, we've spoken about her on the radio before. Uh, she's presented some information for us in historical format for some of our programs when it's been too hard to find on the, the interactive web. On the intertubes. On the intertubes, When we yeah. really needed a microfiche. That's right. We called in the good doctor. And so today, we're uh, literally going to be calling in the doctor for realsies, because uh, we're going to be talking to Australia's first lolly doctor, Dr. Tony Risson. That's a little bit Just, cool. That's, it's completely awesome, but I'd like her to be the worldwide first lolly doctor. I, we can ask her if she is indeedly the first lolly doctor of her kind. That would uh, be just is awesome. There, is there any other doctor out there of uh, lollies? Is she, a, is she a one-off or a two-off? We shall find out. So you can get your questions in to ask Dr. Tony by texting in on 0439... 329-713 that is 0439 329-713 if you've got a question that you would like to ask of Dr Tony Risson the Australian Lolly Doctor and uh, you can also head to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and post your questions up there we've had a few emailed to us as well lolly at ocrfm.org.au so it's going all crazy crazy cakes but uh, we're going to take a quick break and coming up Live, right after this, we're going to uh, get straight into chatting with Dr. Tony. How excitement. Don't go away. Stay. Stay exactly where you are. Exactly. Caroline Theatre present the Gramophony Brothers on Saturday the 7th of September starting at 7.30pm. The Gramophony Brothers use accordion, double bass, ukulele, spoons and more to murder the classics. Featuring guest artist Thumbs Up All Abilities Group. Tickets available online at www.trybooking.com or Kurarook Post Office. Phone 0488 if you've heard something you thought was particularly awesome on your favourite OCRFM shows, let us know by emailing catchup at ocrfm.org.au and tune in from midday Saturday to relive the best bits. It doesn't matter what style of music you like listening to. It could be rap and hip-hop. What's the difference between me and you? Country music. The last time you fell in love, you got thrown hard. World music. Folk and blues. Whatever your music tastes are, you're listening to OCRFM 98.3 and 88.7 along the coast. 
From Murray Street to Moringo, this is OCRFM. You are indeed listening to OCRFM here, 98.3 across Colican District, 88.7 FM along the coast. And uh, as promised before the break, we're going to be chatting to, well, we're thinking the one, the only, Dr. Tony Risson. Uh, how's it going, Dr. Tony? Very well, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show today to have a chat. You're very welcome. It's my favourite, or one of my favourite topics. It's Brownian lollies, so I'm, I'll talk to anyone or stand still. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, um, we've got a few questions. Uh, we might let you introduce the the who, what, why, where and when of yourself, because uh, it's such an interesting topic. How did you get into becoming uh, Australia's lolly doctor? Well, my research before this had involved... Greek cafes, which were an Australian phenomenon and was where really we bought our lollies before the days of supermarkets. Mm -hmm. And so in all of that research, whenever I came across photographs of Greek cafes, the staff would all be standing behind a huge confectionery counter. So it was literally staring me in the face. Where to from here, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Naturally went into that. There you go. So uh, that just expanded onto uh, another topic. That's right, and um, you can do a PhD in anything as long as it's new work and it's work that has value in in um, producing the research. And so the University of Queensland was more than happy to take on the very first research into Australian lollies. So your uh, doctorate was looking at the role of confectionery in the 20th century? That's right, in the lives of children right, in the yes. 20th century. So really it was a way of looking and mapping Australian childhood through the prism of lollies. Well, uh, we've, we've got a few uh, folks in the studio here that uh, we, we too span the different generations and we don't quite go back to the baby boomer and uh, the 1900s generations, <laughs> but uh, we, we've, uh, we've all got our own um, memories of how lollies have shaped us. Cat, uh, you were asking before uh, if, she, if uh, Dr. Tony came across anything, um, what was the most interesting? Yeah, what was, what was the most interesting lolly that you've ever had, Tony? Me personally? Yes, you personally. Or something that you've heard of that you can share with us. Um, well, I'm quite blown away by the names that some of the very contemporary lollies have and what now appeals to the generation XY. Um, so, you know, sour lollies have been around since before the turn of the 20th century. But kids today eat things like rip snorter booger balls <laughs> Rudge and snot and <laughs> they've got all these disgusting names so that excess and that extreme sort of disgusting thing is a reflection of culture you know that they've just got so much of everything that's the direction that lollies have gone to appeal to young kids now yeah so so what would you say is the biggest cultural change then uh, across the generations as you've mapped the history of uh, lollies across yeah. Australia well I decided to look at um, childhoods into three groupings. So I looked at all the kids that were born in the first half of the century, the 20th century, so before the end of the war, then at the baby boomers, and then these more recent generations. And it really showed us how much more affluent kids have become and the amount of money that kids have. Well, I, I'm one of the baby boomers, so the amount of money I had wasn't much. You yep. know, six, six cents or six cents five cents a week was my limit but the kids before the war they were lucky if they got a penny or a halfpenny Um, some did get pocket money but most didn't get any so the change in across that generation was those early kids were really looking for a lolly that would last and so they really were the generation that liked boiled lollies and rainbow balls and um aniseed balls things that you could suck for an hour Uh, and uh you get quite a few of those for a halfpenny and so uh, they got their money's worth out there. Yeah, the, the longer-lasting, yep. Yeah, but the baby boomers, even though we didn't have a lot of money, there were a heck of a lot of baby boomers. <laughs> and um, that's when we see people starting to introduce entertainment specifically for children. So Saturday matinees were a big deal in the post-war era, and that's the generation that started rolling jaffers down the aisle. Yep. So the lolly was part of the entertainment industry, whereas their grandparents would never have rolled a lolly on the ground. No, you couldn't waste things like that. You oh, just couldn't. No. no, and the baby boomers weren't wasting it. They were getting an incredible thrill out of that <laughs> rolling experience. Uh, dear me. Um, we, we just got a, a text in. Um, 
did in your research did you come across any lollies that uh, never got made? That never got made. Uh, I think there's probably even just in Australia thousands and thousands of lollies, and most of the time they were just one batch, maybe, and they yes. once that batch went across the counter, we never saw them again. Right. And uh, it's interesting to me which ones actually stay on and become Australian icons, like the Jaffa. And it's really to do with the cultural rituals surrounding them rather than, like, anything, anything rounded roll. But we rolled the Jaffa, and so the Jaffa's the one that's going to become iconic. As far as lollies that never got made, nobody ever told me about um, yeah. a lolly that didn't get made. But it's very imaginative and very experimental sort of industry. So I think if people thought them up, they'd have a go at them. Yep. Uh, there is an in- interesting story about the steamroller. That was originally... A white elephant. Okay. Because most of the peppermints at that time um, were square or uh, the lifesavers were round. And so this guy's already come up with the idea of elephants that might appeal to kids because yes. peppermints were really an adult, you know, smoking thing. And nobody bought them. They just, you know, it was one batch and it was going to go. So he ground them up and just made a pill shape just to get rid of that Bad. Excess, yep. And they were steamrollers, and that we've still got them. Yep. So, what makes something stay and what makes something go is quite interesting. <laughs> that is indeed. Um, now, uh, because your um, research starts off in the 1900s, uh, the the question that we've got in from Eve uh, might might be a bit of a long shot. She says, "Do you know which was the first lolly created in Australia?" In Australia, I think they would have been. Um, just hard-boiled lollies. And McFerguson Robertson was one of our um, really big early lolly producers, and he started as basically a teenager, and it was just boiling up sugar, and he made little moulds of toys and china dolls and horses and those sort of things and poured the sugar into the molten sugar into that so that he would have lolly shapes that no-one else had. But basically just hard-boiled sugar would have been some of the early ones in Australia. The interesting thing about lollies um, is they were, they come from a very, very ancient uh, tradition and they were really our early tablets, our early medication. Mm. And one of the very earliest ones your listener might like to know is Turkish Delight was invented by an Arabian apothecary in the 9th century and that was to soothe sore throats, so that beautiful melting texture, um, yeah, that lovely smooth, soothing texture in your throat was for sore throat. So coughs and bad breath and flatulence and these sort of things. That's where we herbs like or um, plants, musk, peppermint, marshmallow, licorice. These were all the basis of these herbal remedies, and sugar was used to make them taste a bit better. Some of them didn't taste too good on their own. <laughs> As Mary Poppins would say, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go That's down. That's right. <laughs> uh, now, Aidan, uh, one of your friends has uh, sent in a question as well. Have you got something there for a question? Um, what was the first lolly made and where? Oh, where? Well, uh, the earliest lolly that I know of, and you know, it depends on your definition of lolly, but the Turkish delight lumps that were made in the 9th century by Arabian apothecaries. They're the earliest ones that I came across. There you go, Aidan. <laughs> That's a long time ago. And uh, Holly, what have you got there? Uh, what is the most repulsive lolly that you've found? The most repulsive? Yeah. <laughs> well, you sound like you might be a better expert on the repulsive. <laughs> but, um, yeah, rip snorter booger balls. I don't think I would want to put one of those in my mouth. <laughs> and actually, even the birdie bot every flavour beans, which, uh, you know, come from J.K. Rowling's book, you can actually buy them. Yep. I have trouble picking up an earwax or a vomit or a snot one of those and wanting to put it in my mouth. It's just the thought of it. I can't can't really put it in my mouth. Yeah, as, as you were saying, it, it does seem like uh, the kids of today just have this fascination with the gross and disgusting. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, we're going to take a quick break. So if uh, there's folks out there who would like to ask you a question, they can text in on our uh, text line 0439 329 713 or you can head to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page and uh, post your questions up there. We're uh, going to 
uh, continue chatting to Dr. Tony Risson after the break. We've got a couple of questions here. Uh, uh, one from Kathy, and what else have we got? Oh, we'll, we'll come back and we'll, we'll chat uh, as we go along. You're listening to Afternoon Delight. Hope you're enjoying the show and uh, listening to Dr. Tony Risson, Australia's lolly doctor. Hello, it's Gary Jackson here, just inviting you to wake up with me every Sunday morning at 9. I'll be on OCRFM, bringing you sounds of the 70s with the anagram song title, The Sloppy Bit in the Middle, and news of what took place in music on that very day in the 70s. That's Sounds of the 70s, 9am every Sunday on OCRFM. For all your information on classic rock and heavy metal, tune in to OCRFM on Saturday nights for Heavier Than Heavy between 8pm and 10pm right after Rock Across the Ages. Are you looking for professional live sound at your next birthday function or event? Then call Tyson from Real Audio. Real Audio can supply sound equipment for parties, functions, DJing or PA hire and mixing for live bands. For all your sound inquiries, call Real Audio on 52348376 or find Real Audio Colac on Facebook. Real Audio are proud sponsors of OCRFM. Hi, Gary Jackson here, inviting you to join me for my show. Two hours packed with features like the A-side, B-side, follow that, the vintage tunes, two songs in the style of the 40s and 50s, plus the back-to-front feature at the end. And it's on every Tuesday at 6pm on OCR-FM. You are listening to OCR-FM 98.3 across Colwack and District and 88.7 FM along the coast. This is Afternoon Delight, the show that brings you each week a uh, little bit of lolly heaven. And uh, we've not got a, a particular theme this week on the show. Instead, uh, to start off spring and uh, to celebrate Father's Day and all sorts of fun things, we're having a chat to uh, the Australian lolly doctor, Dr Tony Risson, who uh, has a doctorate in lollies through the University of Queensland, looking at the role of confectionery in Australian childhood across the 20th century. Uh, we've... Uh, been asked, are you the, the f- well, not only the first, but are you one of the only lolly doctors, Tony? When you do a PhD, you take a subject that other people have investigated and you find something in that topic that no one has looked at. And I was absolutely flabbergasted when I started my research. Nobody had ever <laughs> done anything. There's one lady who's done a biography of McPherson Robertson. Yes. And that is it. And this is such an important part of our history, our industrial history and our social history, and it's amazing to me that no one's looked at it. But that's the thing about popular culture. Things can be... They can seem trivial and very everyday, and so they slip under the radar. Yeah, they just get passed over. How much they've played in our lives. What a big part. Yeah, we, we've, uh, we actually came across your research uh, quite a number of shows back now as we were looking at uh, clinkers, and uh, we also, uh, well, I think even the Jaffa rolling was the first time I came across your work. Uh, and th- th- there isn't much out there on the, the history of lollies. No, that's certainly the case in Australia. I think um, the American historians have placed a bit more emphasis on it for them, and certainly there's some British historians done some work over there, but I'm the only one that I know of that's ever looked at Australian confectionery. So, um, what what is your research uncovered in the in the the workings of uh, different businesses in Australia? Ha, ha, are they uh, still Australian made and Australian owned, or have you found that there's been a bit of uh, outsourcing and things like that? Yeah, um, I think originally probably there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of confectionaries. Probably every major town had one or two, and some of them were just backyard, um, you know, sort of kitchen industries. And McPherson Robertson started off in his mum's bathroom and for a total cost of nine cents, yep. he got the equipment that he needed to start off. So, you know, you don't need... Um, he had been apprenticed, so he knew what he was doing, but you don't actually need a lot to start up. But then gradually, over the course of the 20th century, most of those have given way... Like, if they had a really good product, one of the bigger companies would buy them out, keep the product and you'd lose the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so Quickies, for example, the Walcott family invented that, and I think that um, Allen's might have bought them out reasonably early. So you've still got Walco written on on that label, I think, but that no longer belongs to the Walcott family. And the same with Irish Moss. It was the one 
um, really good product in a company. So someone, I think Alan's again, bought that up and then they've kept that product line and you've lost that company. So a lot of the companies basically disappeared and we ended up with the, the really big ones in Australia were Allen's, McRobertson, Hoadley, Sweet Acres, and Daryl Lee, you know, I think of that as a late runner, but I mean, yep. he's about 86 years old. So, <laughs> And Lifesavers, they're actually a, an American invention, but we, had, we were making them out here within about, I don't know, eight years, eight or nine years of being developed in America, and they took on a new sort of a an image here, so I, I have actually listed them in my um, Australian confectionaries. But most of these now belong to Nestle or Cadbury. So Cadbury's McRobertson's has gone to them, and the National National Confectionery Company, Natural, belongs to Cadbury. All the others are Nestle, except for Darrell Lee. So, you know, you can go and buy the really, um, the significant Australian lollies, like, you know, Mindy's, Bantiles, Jaffa's, uh, Birdie Beetle, Columbine's, Clinkers, all those, and they no longer are owned by Australian, Australian companies, companies, and they yep. may not even have the original brand. Wow. Yeah, so I think that's sad, and um, very yeah. And it's important that we do know what were our companies and what did they make, because it's a big melting pot now. <laughs> they all get mixed up. So something like um, Jaffa's, which were a Sweet Acres product, it's now got Allen's brand on it because Nestle owns both those companies. Bought it out. Mm. There you go. Well, we've uh, we've got a bit of a double up of. Uh, a single question that kind of relates back to uh, how um, lollies have been bought out over time or uh, taken over, but uh, ha- have they really become smaller, or why have they become smaller? You mean the actual lollies? The lollies themselves. I have had people say to me, look, for example, the Sherbet Bomb, which the Lagoon Confectionery Company developed in about 1931, and Lagoon is still an Australian company, still going down in Melbourne. Yes. I've had a lady tell me, oh, why don't they make sherbet bombs like they used to? You know, they're so small now, they used to be so big. And I've been down there. The McQuaid family has invited me in and showed me how they have been making them for three generations. Yep. They're exactly the same. Yep. But our mouths get bigger. Yes. So <laughs> when you put something that's the size it was when your mouth was a six-year-old mouth, it feels different, even though it might actually be the same. Thank you, um, Tony, because I keep saying that to our listeners and they disagree <laughs> with me. I think there have certainly been changes. Um, Lagoon is making choo-choo bars and yes. they, they um, have got the rights to those, but they were a Play-Doh product that ended up being, the recipe was changed so much, we didn't like them anymore. Mm-hmm. So they went off the market and Lagoon's making them to the original recipe again. So ah, they, that's why they do, taste so different. Yeah, they do get changed. Um, and sometimes they're no longer as nice and people don't like them anymore. Because of the change. Mm. That makes so much sense. <laughs> um, have you found uh, that lollies have become softer over the years? Because uh, I know with the, the boiled lollies, uh, the all-day sucker sort of things, mm. do, uh, have, have you found that lollies have become softer as the generations have progressed? I still see really huge lollies like mega gobstoppers in shops now and I imagine that they're very hard still yeah um, I believe you can suck those for a week and you still can't <laughs> get through them but it would go back to what we were saying before that those earlier generations prized the hard lollies because they get to have them the for value. longer yeah uh, whereas the chocolate in those days was such luxury you know you'd to blow your whole penny on a chocolate an SLA chocolate um, was a big deal um and things like minties, I think they've gone from being softer to being harder to being softer again. But I don't know whether I'd generally say they're getting softer. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because we had a question in here um, about uh, toffee apples, the the strip mm. toffee apples. Uh, they they seem to remember them being a lot harder, and they seem to be more taffy like. Do you mean the, like an apple with toffee on it? Uh, no, the the strip bar, kind of like a red skin style. Oh, I've never seen one of those. Oh, okay. Ooh, could Ooh, be a Victoria. Yeah, it could so be like a Victoria. red skin toffee apple. I'll have to go search for that one. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're flat bars. It's uh, 
green on the outside, red on the inside, okay. sort of. No, other way around. Oh, other way around. <laughs> Yeah, red on the outside. Yeah. Red on the outside, yes. You yeah. would see, I haven't had a red skin for ages, but I know that if you got one of those at lunchtime at school, you'd be, you know, it'd be hanging out the side of your mouth and you're up and down with it and round and round trying to wear the thing away. They were really hard. It was a full, full, uh, full playtime lolly. Yeah, and I think a few of us uh, have got a tooth missing because it's been pulled out by a, a malted milk lolly or a milko or something. Oh dear. Um. So I guess the question is, is there state divides with lollies? Because we're obviously very familiar with toffee apples down here. You've never heard of them up up north. Well, it certainly is possible that we don't have them up here. Um, I know across countries they don't, like cherry ripes and violet crumble bars, you don't get them overseas. They belong to um, violet crumbles to Nestle and cherry ripes to Cadbury. But those companies don't make them in other countries. They just are an Australian product so it could be that some of these lollies are more regional than we realize well we're going to take a very 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 short break and uh come back to to wrap up uh we we did a uh, show a while back about uh, political correctness and lollies so we might we might uh have a chat to you in just a moment about uh, political correctness, if that's okay. That'd be great. Okay. You're listening to Afternoon Delight here on OCRFM. We're talking to Dr. Tony Risson, who uh, has a PhD in uh, the history of Australian confectionaries uh, and how it's affected childhood across the 20th century. We'll uh, be back in just a moment right after this. What are you doing? <sighs> Just trying to get through all the different types of comedy that you can hear on LOL Radio in one breath. What? Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Look, the easiest way is to tune in to LOL Radio each Wednesday night from 5pm on your community radio station, OCRFM. Catch the best in sketch, stand-up and comedy songs every Wednesday. Whoop, start again. You're a big one. Are you looking for some new music? Want to branch out from what's on your iPod? Be inspired by a new Australian unsigned artist every week by tuning in to the Tuesday Transit, 5 till 6 on Tuesdays, funnily enough. Every week, I'll be reviewing an album that you've probably never heard of. Discover the next big thing on the Tuesday Transit, Tuesdays 5 till 6 on OCRFM. Community radio is about diversity, and that diversity is produced by volunteers in your local community. You can show support for this community radio station by becoming a member and give yourself a voice as a listener. You can volunteer and contribute to the diversity by becoming an on-air presenter, assist with fundraising, sponsorship or administration tasks. However you become involved, you'll know that you are helping to keep your community radio station alive and vibrant. OCRFM, your community voice across southwest Victoria. Hello there. I'd like to give you some examples of what we do in life. If we need a car serviced, we take it to a mechanic. If we need a watch fixed, we take it to a jeweler. If we need to go online, we require a computer. If we need a variety of music to listen to, then we turn on the radio to Ward Lake in the Ward Room, Sundays at 10 on OCRFM, 98.3 and 88.7. Conventional ramblings of Holly and Tiana. 4 to 6 p.m. on Sundays on OCRFM. Don't miss it. If you're enjoying what you're hearing on OCRFM, then show your support and become a member. Membership starts at just $15 a year and is available to groups, families or individuals. For more information, visit our website at www.ocrfm.org.au. Hi, you're Holly. Actually, no, you're not. I'm Holly. You're listening to OCRFM. You are listening to OCRFM. This is Afternoon Delight. And uh, today on the show, we are talking to Dr. Tony Risson, uh, Australian PhD in the confectionery in Australian childhood across the 20th century. Uh, we've, we're getting lots and lots of texts in here. Um, you'll be happy to know uh, that one of our most loyal listeners, Lila Tony, has said, I could listen to Tony all day. Extremely Aww. interesting. <laughs> That's lovely. Um, yeah, now, <laughs> well, that's what that's what we aim for on this show, sweet things. <laughs> um, we were uh, talking just before the break. Um, we've got uh, we we did a political correctness show a while ago, and um, we we talked about uh, some of the similar things. Um, ha- how some products have been 
taken off the shelves or changed due to political correctness. What sort of things uh, did you uncover with your research um, that, that's changed due to political correctness? Well, there were lots of products in Australia where the Aboriginal um, brand or images were used to sell. And anything that was black or dark was like a front runner for that. So all the chocolate things, all the licorice things could very easily be given names like, well, some of the ones that I came across were coon sticks, darkies, sambos and nigger boy licorice. Okay. And nigger boy licorice became... Bigger boy, and then yes. it became a lucky boy. Okay. So I think that's about the 60s would have been the time of the civil rights movement in America. And this is, you know, South Africa, America, um, England too, probably, these same sort of tendencies. So certainly lollies in that sense were a good way of watching what was happening across culture. But if you come forward maybe to the 90s, so another 30 years on, we used to have lollies called fags. Yes, yes. baby boomers loved, and you could pretend you were smoking they came in a little flip top packet and they had a little i think they're sort of a musk sort of a nice little white musk oh, yeah, beautiful beautiful <laughs> flavor and they had a little red tip on the end and uh that company finer foods had to change the name of that product to fads rather than fags and they weren't allowed to put the red thing on the end anymore but um I think the managing director at the time said they did some market studies and kids just still got them out of the packet and put them in the mouth. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Continue. And we've had cigarette confectionery, you know, 100 years. They were making peppermint and musk flavoured and, and chocolate and licorice cigarettes and cigars right back in the 1910s, 1920s. So As an alternative. Yeah, and um, I've had lots of stories from kids who are now in their early 20s using sherbet pretending it's cocaine. Oh, know, wow. Up with a credit card and snorting it through a rolled-up $5 note. Wow. I think I believe you only do it once. <laughs> <laughs> the, the tickle but, fears, no. <laughs> you know, the, the argument of, um, you know, is this bad, having lolly cigarettes, is that bad? Does it promote smoking? Or does it actually help you get it out of your system? <laughs> you know, if, you wanna, if you're intrigued by the idea of what you see of drug addicts on TV snorting cocaine if you do it with your, with your sherbet to get it out of your system i don't know but they'd, they'd never they'd never do anything like that again <laughs> that's right my nasal tra- cavity is screaming at the thought of that i know i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't imagine either and i i've got four children and when i heard these sort of stories i said have you guys ever heard of this and they just rolled their eyes and said oh mum <laughs> <laughs> How did you not know, Mum? <laughs> That's right, meaning my kids have been doing it as well. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, um, the sherbet is one of the very simple recipes that you can make, and I believe they make them in chemistry classes. Yes. <laughs> where yeah, it happens, yeah. after chemistry. Wow, there you go. Mm. Well, have there been any other interesting uses for lollies that you've come across? Because uh, I, I know, listening to an interview uh, on... I think it was ABC or something along those lines recently, I heard you talking about uh, dentistry and lollies. Yes, yes. Um, More than one person in their, like in their 60s and 70s, had told me that their dentist used minties to see if loose teeth would come out so that um, before they resorted to the pliers or tying a string to the door handle, slamming the door, whatever other remedies were around, they would, the dentist would give them a minty to chew because they're very tacky and they they will pull out anything that's loose. I certainly lost half of one of my teeth to a lolly. <laughs> um, yeah, so certainly they have been used in that way. But I had a whole chapter on the things kids do with lollies and I know that I used to get red jelly baby, not jelly baby, jelly beans and just moisten them until they got nice and sticky and red and use it for lipstick it's the shape of a lipstick and it looks like lipstick yep. and you can play at being mum with your lipstick right back to my um, my mum's generation and earlier people were um, twisting a musk stick in their tongue to make the end nice and pointy and that's a hard sharp point and you can poke your mate with that <laughs> if you do it in school like a pencil, get into trouble um, yes, lots of things that you can... The jaffer being used as a ball, whether it's thrown or whether it's rolled along the floor, the kids are very imaginative and resourceful and they think of lots of things that they can do with um, lollies and, and more recent things. I've heard of games where kids chew up, they sit in a circle and they start with one skittle 
and chew that up, then take that out of their mouth and give it to the next one. And they add a skittle to put them up, take it out, give it to the next one. Oh, yuck. <laughs> it makes my blood run cold, but why you want to do that? I don't oh, know. yuck. <laughs> or chopping the heads off jelly babies and swapping. So different heads and <laughs> different things. Dr. Frankenstein. Yeah, kids think up all these things. Um, have you have you found uh, like just as you're saying chopping the heads that chop the dinosaur don't chop the dinosaur daddy <laughs> advertising has uh, ha- how has advertising changed in uh, the lolly world over time? Well, advertising is really interesting too, and I, what I love about that the natural confectionery company I've noticed they always have the dad yes with the kids it's like mum it's the good cop bad cop thing you know <laughs> mum probably won't give you any lollies but dad will. <laughs> um, yeah, my thesis basically was that right across, even though children's taste in lollies and what they do with them and the price of them, that had changed, but lollies were still magical in yep. their lives. And one of the most recent beautiful ads for lollies is that one of, uh, it's a big doll that's almost as tall as the building, it's a puppet doll walking down the street, and she gets a bubble-blowing thing into a bag of Alan's lollies and blows bubbles and the bubbles turn into lollies in the air. It's just the yep. most beautiful, magical ad. And that, I mean, that's a very recent one, but it still portrays lollies as magical. Yep. Which, which is uh, exactly what they are. <laughs> well, uh, uh, well, we might have to wrap it up, I'm afraid, but before we do, um, just how did you go about uh, researching lollies? Because... As you were saying, not many people have written about them at all. D- how, how did you uh, r- come across uh, the history of Australian lollies? Basically, I had three methods. One was to try to get into the archives of companies, and Nestle was absolutely wonderful. They had so many of our companies, so Sweet Acres and Hoadley's and um, a lot of the smaller companies are there, Allen's. And through going through bits of paper and bits of advertising, you could piece together what products they had and and approximately when they might have come out. Second way was to do oral histories, just talk to people about what they did with lollies, where they bought them, how much they were, that sort of thing. And the third way was looking in popular culture, so films and picture books and um, stories and also childhood memoirs, of course, that's more like an oral history. They're basically where I had to just get snippets and then try and piece it together like a big jigsaw puzzle to try and create some sort of a picture overall of what we were doing with lollies through the 20th century. Fantastic. And so where can people uh, find your research? Well, I've got a blog that I've been ignoring for about a year, <laughs> but I, I went to a blog workshop yesterday and I'm all fired up. So oh, I'm right. going to get stuck into my blog and I'll certainly be blogging away. And I'm working on a book about lollies, so eventually. Yep. And if people are following my blog, it'll be on there when it, when it comes out. Fantastic. But, uh, yeah, you won't find any books on lollies out there yet. Yep. We, 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 uh, we await. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for talking to us today on Afternoon Delight. Thank you. It's been my pleasure, Jonathan. It's been fantastic. And uh, we will post the links up to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page uh, so people can check out your blog and uh, relive some of those stories there of uh, Jaffa's rolling down the aisles at the movies and uh, all the, the history of how uh, lollies have shaped and changed uh, over time. Thank you uh, so much. You're and very welcome. Thanks, Tony. It's been awesome. <laughs> I had a good time. Good. Very good. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with our sweetest tune in just a moment. And uh, thank you once again to Dr. Tony Risson. Tune in to OCRFM on Friday nights from 6 to hear a huge mix of rock, punk, indie, rockabilly and more on the Friday night show. 6pm every Friday night on OCRFM. You're listening to OCRFM. OCRFM, your home of music variety. Well, boys and girls, I think you'll love the Yummy Apple Show. Listen to it on Wednesdays between 4 and 4.30pm on OCRFM for stories, songs and jokes.
Can you tell me what koalas are? Koala bears are actually marsupials. They're not actually koala bears. And I guess that just means that they um, carry their babies around in their pouch, which they a lot of people don't know they have pouches, but they do. Well, koalas are endearing. Uh, koalas are special. Um, koalas are an icon. An Aussie icon. Koalas are always one of those animals you just want to give a big bear hug to. Uh, incredibly cuddly little fellas, but you always just come, them, uh, come across them in, during fire season. They eat eucalyptus leaves, um, and when you see them in the tree, they just look like kind of big pillows, I suppose. Here's another thing koalas are. Koalas are in trouble. September is Save the Koala Month, and you can help by going to savethekoala.com and donating. Remember, no tree, no me. Are you looking for professional live sound at your next birthday function or event? Then call Tyson from Real Audio. Real Audio can supply sound equipment for parties, functions, DJing or PA hire and mixing for live bands. For all your sound inquiries, call Real Audio on 52348376 or find Real Audio Colac on Facebook. Real Audio are proud sponsors of OCRFM. If you enjoy what you're hearing on OCRFM and would like to get involved, contact 52321991 or visit www.ocrfm.org.au for more information. Hi, this is Frank and you'll listen to OCRFM 98.3 on your dial. It is time for us to uh, share with you our sweetest tune. And uh, because we've been talking to Australia's Lolly Doctor... It's going to be something by The Cure, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Doctor's got The Cure. Come on! It could be. We could go down many, <laughs> many different uh, doctory puns. Well, we're just going with a Doctor Doctor song. How does that sound? <laughs> does that float me. your boat? Uh, Doctor Doctor by Robert Palmer. And uh, most people would know Mr Palmer... For his uh, use of... He's simply irresistible. He is simply irresistible. He's so fine. No, she's so <laughs> fine. Oh. Uh, most famous video clip is uh, the Addicted to Love video clip with uh, the Hirsute models who all look identical. I don't know Hirsute's the word you're well, necessarily no. after. Opposite, opposite. That, mean, that means very hairy. That's right. <laughs> uh, we. I just see wolves dancing Well, now. they had moustaches. <laughs> They had moustaches and guitars and things like that. But we're going to be playing you Doctor Doctor, which is uh, which is this tune here. It's Doctor Doctor, give me the news. I've got a bad case of loving you.
Robert Palmer there on Afternoon Delight with <laughs> Bad Case of Loving You, Dr. Doctor. I, I think uh, this show has fallen in love with Dr. Tony Risson. I, I've got a bit of a girl crush, I must say. <laughs> she was awesome. She was great. So knowledgeable. I'm pretty sure any question you threw at her about lollies, she could answer. She'd have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, I just, yeah, some of those things that not even we have uncovered on this show. And we've been a hundred and something, something episodes now. Well, you know, we, we're not hard researchers. <laughs> no, we're not. The and there's, there's no um, academic career at stake for us, really. That's right. Well, she, uh, she's just got, yeah, Fountain. I, I look forward to her, the release of her book. As do I. I think we'll suddenly have to come on air and apologise for a lot of things we made up. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) Yeah, well, considering that, yes, our our research is often Wikipedia and the websites of uh, the particular things that we're looking at. She's she's gone above and beyond. And I think uh, we have some footsteps to follow in now. Do you think? Giant ones. Huge ones. One small step for Afternoon Delight. One giant leap for mankind, or something along those uh, lines. I'm a bit confused about where I this is going now. I don't know Apparently what that even means. Apparently, we're sending lollies into space. We Help me! Be. We've looked at space lollies on the show. <laughs> um, if you've got uh, suggestions for things you'd like to hear on Afternoon Delight in the future, then uh, you can email us lolly at ocrfm.org.au. And thank you to everyone who uh, texted in questions, emailed questions, posted them up on the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. There were more questions than there was time allocated. There always is. Always is. So uh, we got through as many as we could, and uh, you never know, there might be a future edition of Chatting to Dr. Tony. And, I uh, think there should be. Oh, I'll I continue think my be. girl crush. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, dear me. Well, before, <laughs> before we uh, take a break, how's Father's Day and spring gone for everybody for day one? Did we do daddy things? Did, did we share chocolates or anything of that nature? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Holly, what did you get up to? Uh, I haven't... Re- well, I'm going to. Oh. Um, I can't spoil anything. Okay, don't want to spoil secrets in case he's listening. Yeah. I mean, because he's listening. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he, he's got to wait. He's got to wait. Oh, mm-hmm. is there a reason he had to wait? Um, He went to visit his dad in Ballarat. Oh, okay. So, that so makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah, so, um, we instead of um the morning, he's going to get his stuff tonight. In the evening. Yeah, in the evening. Fantabulous. Yeah. Very, Same very good. Same with my dad. He's Sa- already got he got his not long ago. Uh-huh. Did uh, did he have the whole breakfast in bed shenanigans? Um, I couldn't give it to him <laughs> because that was like I would like send a robot over to make him breakfast in bed. <laughs> Fantastic. From Port Campbell. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're probably not going to have time to, to do a full poll, but if you have a favourite of Cadbury's favourites... Let us know which one it is. Jerry <laughs> <laughs> we, we right at the end. We were going to go down that line as well as chat to Dr. Tony, but she was so fascinatingly interesting that... We uh, just let her get off the phone. Exactly. We had to, we had to uh, extract all that we could. Lolly goodness. Um, so, very, very quickly then, uh, one of the, the choicest choices, apparently, according to the interweb, for uh, Father's Day gifts is Cadbury's favourites. I don't know exactly Why? what that means, but uh, it's one of the, the leading chocolate brands to be opened up on Father's Day. I think because it's a mixed bag, Dad's going to enjoy something <laughs> out it's of it. Like I don't know my dad well enough <laughs> to actually get him something he needs or yeah. wants, uh, what's random for him. Here, well, because Dad, they, have some chocolates. <laughs> because they don't make, you know, <laughs> chocolate power tools, <laughs> <laughs> this is the closest we can get. For uh, Father's Day, I think they should make chocolate power tools. Tony, get on to somebody. Well, as she was saying, some of the earliest boiled lollies from McFer- uh, McPherson and Robertson were boiled lollies in the shapes of other things. So it could happen. <laughs> could happen. Um, so uh, Cadbury favourites are Morrow bars, picnics, dairy milk, bubbly, Turkish delight, cherry ripes, crunchies, flakes, boost, and the uh, dairy dream, as well as caramello. Uh, do we have any I'm favourites? I'm so glad Caramello made it in there. Yeah, well, I think it has a bit of a changing lineup over time. Yeah, it never used to have the Caramellos. Now mm. that they're in there, I'm in, in a bit more heaven than I was before. Do, do we each have a favourite here in the studio of uh, a Cadbury favourite? What is your favourite favourite? Holly? Um, probably... Okay, I've got three. <laughs> <laughs> that, that defines it to be your favourite, yes? Yep. Uh, the dream one... 
the plain chocolate one and the crunchy one. Uh huh. You see, I also like the dream, and I uh, but I really like the cherry ripe. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of chocolate, but you know. I've been going through the box of favourites that we have, pulling out the cherry ripes, going, yep, that'll do. <laughs> mine, mine. <laughs> Aiden, do you have a favourite favourite? Yes. What is your favourite favourite? Caramello. Sorry, my friend? Talking oh. to, talk to a microphone. <laughs> hey, It'll really help the listeners at home. He's got his head Caramello. buried in a box of favourites at the moment. Strictly searching for uh, the caramellos. I uh, am a fan of Turkish Delight, of course. Um, yes, you ninth century rebel. You, I know. You three. Apoca. Th- oh, I can't even say it. <laughs> Be careful what you say on here, young lady. Um, <laughs> because yes, I like to look after my throat because it's a, a, a. It was used traditionally in medicine. There you go. You heard it from Doctor Tate. That is exactly why I like Turkish delight. Not because it tastes so good, because it's good for my throat. Uh, if you've got a favourite of your favourites, let us know. Oh four three nine three two nine seven one three is our text line, or you can head to the Afternoon Delight Facebook page. Uh, We're going to take a very, very, very quick break and come back to uh, wrap it all up by unwrapping our Kinder Surprise. Tune in to ACR FM on Mondays from 4 to 5.30pm to hear a range of different modern music styles. We'll be playing rock, metal, hardcore, punk and alternative bands to suit all tastes. That's John Reality, 4pm Mondays on OCR FM. Get more business for your business by sponsoring OCR FM. To find out how, visit us on the web, ocrfm.org.au, or you can email us on admin at ocrfm.org.au. If you like country music, new and old, why not tune in to me, Bobby Farquhar, on Friday afternoons, 2 to 4, OCRFM. Are you still excited about the Otway Derby Dolls' first win? How would you like to be a part of their next one? Find out all about Roller Derby at the Blue Water Fitness Centre on Tuesday 3rd of September from 7 to 9pm. Come and join the fastest growing women's sport in the world. If you are 18 or older, female or male, come to the Fresh Meat Night and check it out. For more information, email otwayderbydolls at gmail.com or find the Otway Derby Dolls on Facebook. Hello, I'm Sarah Henderson. In Corangamite, you can count on me to be your strong local voice in a Liberal government. We'll scrap the carbon tax to reduce your cost of living pressures to deliver a stronger economy and more for families. We'll help small business grow to create more local jobs. We'll deliver 2 million new jobs within 10 years. And we'll stop the boats with tough, proven measures. That's our pledge to deliver a stronger Australia and a better future. Authorised B. Lochnane, Liberal Party Canberra, spoken by Sarah Henderson. This political announcement was sponsored and authorised by the Liberal Party, proudly sponsoring OCRFM. Take up the Afternoon Delight Hundreds and Thousands Challenge. We're looking for friends on Facebook and we've got a prize for both our 100th liker of the page and also for the person who suggested it to them. So head to the Afternoon Delight OCRFM Facebook page and get liking. Tell your friends and start spreading the word like hundreds and thousands on fairy bread. From Biak to the beach, this is OCRFM. Oh, it has been so long since we've heard that rap. Oh, I haven't missed it. All of two weeks. Uh, it is time to unveil our Kinder Long. Surprise. Now, as you're doing that, Holly, I have a bit of a bone to pick with Kinder. Oh, fetch me my pet of rage. <laughs> because uh, on the box of uh, the, <laughs> the Kinder Surprises, it says, Back with new Smurf toys. Smurfs 2 in cinemas September 2013. However... <laughs> Because we were opening up Kinder Surprises on the show the last time the Smurfs were on the screen, we can tell you that uh, they might be telling some little defibrillators because we've got some of these toys that they're saying are brand new. They're calling them the mix and match set of Smurfs. 
And I can already see that Dreamy Smurf up on our shelf here in the OCRFM studios is about to walk into a bucket. And lo and behold, in the picture on the brand new Back With Smurfs toys uh, for Kinder, they have the exact same picture of something we've already got. But this picture here appears to have a fish painted on the bucket. Ooh. A fishbowl. <laughs> it's a fishbowl instead of a bucket. Oh my gosh, they've changed the plastic they poured in. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might be. Uh, anyway, so we're opening, up a, oh, we're opening up a Smurf. Okay, so it is a Smurf. Which it Smurf do Smurf. we have? Uh, some artistic Smurf, perhaps. Okay, like painter Smurf or something. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing with. His paintbrush? Is that a cake? A birthday cake. Okay, birthday so he's cake. He's painting Smurf. a birthday cake. That's what they do in Smurfland. Of course, it's a, it's Smurfalicious. Smurftastic. <laughs> well, something that was Smurftastic was uh, today's episode, the return of Afternoon Delight, I'm sure you would all agree, because uh, a huge thank you once again to Dr. Tony Risson, who's uh, probably kicking well, back... The only... The only lolly doctor, yeah, in Australia that she or we know of. It works for me. If anybody can disprove this theory with other lolly doctors, please bring them forward. We will chat to them too. That's right. And not just some dodgy certificate you made up in your own bathtub. <laughs> yes, that's right. This has got to be true and correct uh, University of Queensland style doctorate of lollies. Thank you very much, team, for reuniting once again. It's been great. Good to get back. Next week on the show, it uh, feels a little bit muppety. We're going international again. We Should we are. just leave it at that? We can. We can. <laughs> uh, on that note, we will say farewell for another week. Stick around for unconventional ramblings and goodbye to Aidan. Goodbye. Goodbye to Cass. <laughs> Bye-bye. Goodbye to Ollie. Bye. We will catch you next week for more Afternoon Delight. baby gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some Afternoon Delight. My motto's always been when it's right, it's right Why wait until the middle of a cold, dark night When everything's a little clear in the light of day Then you know the night is always gonna be there anyway Thinking of you's waking up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon Rubbing sticks and stones together makes the sparks ignite And the thought of love on you is getting so exciting Skyrockets in flight Our afternoon delight Could not be caught, it wouldn't bite But you got some better waiting And I think I might try And nibble in a little afternoon delight Sky rockets in flight Afternoon delight This song is about daytime lovemaking Afternoon delight The naughty type Yeah.